Hi, it's Joey Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au. And today I want to talk about neuroplasticity and the basics of what is it? So what does the word mean? And I get people emailing in, you know, what exercises do I need to recover? And, you know, can you sort of answer all of my questions in one email? And of course I can't. And what I want to do in this uh, YouTube video and podcast audio is to give you some insights into the complexity and sophistication behind neuroplasticity, especially when it's for your vertigo or tinnitus. So these are very specific neural, pa neural pathways, which means the neurons that are inside of your brain and your spinal cord and all throughout your body. These are cells in your body that are communicating messages through little, little electrical, electrochemical potentials we call them action potentials and these are little cells that are communicating with particles from one cell to the next along a whole map and a whole chain of events so we've got literally billions of cells in our bodies and when i spoke with dr kate bain we spoke that there's a hundred billion neurons in the human body each with fifteen thousand synaptic connections and what that means is you have got trillions of opportunities to communicate from your head to your toe now, the neurons in our body create our brain, our spinal column, and our nervous system. And without this, we would not be talking, thinking, moving, breathing, nothing. So our neurons communicate to our muscles and tell our muscles what to do. And our neurons are communicating feedback from our breath, regulating the amount of oxygen in our body. Our neurons are involved in digestion, in thinking, in ideas, in creativity, in speech, in language, in reading. So it's because we have this amazing, complex, almost computer system inside of our body that we're able to function and be high-functioning human beings and creatures on this planet. So neuroplasticity is a term that we use, plastic meaning able to be moved, bending. So neuroplasticity means our body's ability to change itself. So we might have two neurons that are communicating backwards and forwards to each other sending little neurochemical neurotransmitters and having a chemical potential and action potential. So one neuron's communicating to the next neuron, which communicates to the next neuron and so forth. So it's like a big chain of events. And if that message is no longer useful, it will actually stop functioning and weaken. And the neurons might then shift to the neighboring neuron and begin to send a message in another direction. So another really visual way of thinking about mapping and neurons and what's happening in our brain and our spinal cord and our ears and our eyes, etc., is think about mapping and roadworks. So if you want to drive from one place to the next, but there's roadworks and, the, and you can't get in the direction you would normally go. So there's a blockage and they've, they've said, sorry, you're going to have to find an alternative route. We don't then kind of give up and no longer go on our journey at all. We simply get out the map and we look for the side roads and we take an alternative direction. So instead of maybe taking the major highway, we turn off onto the side roads and we take an alternative route. And as we do that, it's new, it's unfamiliar, we're not sure where we're going, you know, it's, it's not as automated. But once we take that alternative route a few times, maybe six to ten times, then we can really relax in driving it because we recognize it, we know exactly where to go, we know the speed limits, and we become more familiar. So the more we take the alternative route, the easier it becomes and the less resistance there is or the less confusion and questions. 
So this is the same with all of our posture habits, all of our movement patterns, our thought patterns, our emotional patterns. These are all networked through neurons communicating with these action potentials. So basically, the more neurons talk to each other, the more they fire those electrochemical action potentials from one neuron to the next, the stronger and the stronger that connection becomes and the better they get at it. So the more efficient that neural network becomes. Just like the more we take the alternative route to get from one town to the next, the better we get at it, the more efficient and more automated that becomes. Even though in the beginning it could be nerve-wracking, we need a map, we need to pull over, we need to ask directions, or we need someone to help us out. So in the beginning it can be clumsy and awkward, but once we get more practice, we become more automated, efficient and elegant at that task. So when it comes to neuroplasticity, you'll hear words like duration is important, frequency is important, and intensity. So duration is the amount of time you're doing a task. For a lot of my vertigo and tinnitus clients, they're trying to re-establish a sense of relaxation in their body or calm or peace, steadiness or confidence. And so the longer amount of time each day, the duration with which they can fire their calm neurons or their steady neurons or their relaxation neurons, the more that those neurons are going to be stimulating each other and strengthening those pathways responsible for feeling calm, relaxed, steady and so on. Now, when it comes to frequency, that's not how long you're doing the practice. So duration would be, am I practicing for 30 seconds? Am I practicing for five minutes? Am I practicing for an hour, etc.? Frequency is how often are you doing it? So that would be in their practice. If they're looking at feeling steady and generating neural networks that feel calm, feel stable, feel confident, Frequency would be how often are they practicing that? Are they doing it once a day, once a week, three times a day, five times a day? And I tend to recommend three times a day is a great starting point. You certainly don't want to overdo it because if you think about someone driving from A to B, if they do that all day long every day, not only are they missing out on other parts of life such as social interactions or eating or going to the toilet because they're in the car all day, it's fatiguing. So if you do too much, you actually have a negative, there's a detrimental impact. So less is more when it comes to neuroplasticity. You want to practice enough to get the repetition and get the familiarity, but you certainly don't want to overdo it because you will be missing out in other areas of, areas of your life, which are equally as important. So there's duration and there's frequency, and then there's intensity. Now, intensity can be like, how focused are you on the task? So if you're driving from town A to B, but you're also writing an essay at the same time, or you're recording a podcast in your car while you drive, or you're researching something, or you're talking to a friend, or you're incredibly distracted and you're anxious about something, maybe you've got a relationship breakdown and you're just obsessively ruminating about who said what and who's to blame, and there's this emotional kind of rumination happening or catastrophization as you drive from a to b your intensity of focusing on the job of driving learning the roads the maps and actually focusing on the landscape and the task of driving that will be weakened by the fact your mind is distracted by the other thing you're doing whether it be ruminating about an emotional disturbance 
or thinking about an essay you're writing or a podcast you're making, etc. That's actually distracting your neurons away from concentrating to the task of driving from A to B. So if your intensity is weak because your focus and your concentration and your attention is not really on the job, then it doesn't matter how often you practice or for how long, it's a very weak practice. So your brain can only stimulate so many neurons at once. And to be honest, most hu humans benefit from focusing on one thing at a time. And single tasking is something I work on with my clients in one-on-one. -on -one. Because a lot of us have lost touch with single tasking and concentration and focus and attention. And we are diluting the power of our brain by doing too many things at once. And often we are emotionally preoccupied and we're not taught how to process those emotions, how to really lean in and allow those emotions to find their clarity and to complete their processing so that then we can really focus on being the person we want to be and fire the neurons we want to fire. So these are some things that you may need support with at home. And if you're trying to do this on your own, you will need resources. You're going to need support to help you get through a lot of those human tendencies that we all fall into. And myself included, I've done a huge amount of training to learn how to implement neuroplasticity and emotional processing effectively. So some other things with neuroplasticity are it's not just about what you do, it's about how you do it. When you're thinking about, all right, what are my desired outcomes? It's not about getting rid of symptoms. It's about firing neural pathways that feel normal to you, that feel good, okay? So it's really important you think about building function in your body rather than eliminating symptoms. When you're stuck on eliminating symptoms and that becomes your primary focus, you get stuck in your symptoms, okay? So we need to shift into a completely different mindset. Your program has to be motivating, fun, and enjoyable for you. If you're not enjoying it, then it's, it's going to be a task. It's going to have that emotional heaviness to it. It's important that it's fun. It's relaxing. It's something that you want to do. It's important that you set yourself goals that are achievable, easy enough. You don't want them to be too hard that you then are dealing with fear of failure or performance anxiety. So they need to be achievable, gentle, rewarding for you. And as you go through your daily practice, whether that be once a day or three times a day, reward yourself. Like actually have a reward at the end of the day or at the end of the practice for yourself. Because as we celebrate our progress and as we give ourselves that self-kindness and self-support, more and more neurons come on board. So it's very important we overcome a lot of the anxiety, fear and self-doubt, which is why private therapy and having mentoring can be so imperative for, for those of you out there who are really overwhelmed and confused and being consumed by your anxiety or self-doubt. There is nothing wrong with getting mentoring or therapy to support you over that hurdle. For those of you who are already self-motivated and you can think clearly and you can back yourself, the Rocksteady program and self-study programs are very effective and more than enough. So there are so many people out there who have more mild symptoms and it's bugging them and it's annoying, but they're still in a place where they can think clearly enough to develop their own home practice, support themselves and, and move forwards with elegance. So for those of you listening to this, talk, I think you'll probably be able to feel which side of the fence you fall on, whether you've got that independence, motivation and clarity of mind, you actually know what, what you want to feel and you have the capacity to back yourself and get there. Self-study is going to be perfect for you. 
And for those of you listening, thinking, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. I feel isolated. I feel hopeless. I feel helpless. I just can't do this. I can't get started. You can get started, but you probably need mentoring or a private therapist to support you through that. And that's why I have Beautiful Balance, the private therapy program I develop. It's for people who really need it. So reach out if you're listening to this and that's you. Something else that's important is to remind yourself it's never too late to change your brain. It doesn't matter how long you've had symptoms. It doesn't matter how many panic attacks you've had or how many medications you've tried or how old you are or how young you are or how much brain damage or inner ear damage. You know, even after severe brain damage, the brain keeps changing. It's not that we can remove permanent damage. I mean, nerves that are damaged are damaged. They're not firing at all. But we've got 100 billion neurons and over 15,000 synaptic connections. You know, we can handle damage. So I think even if you've had a diagnosis that says you've had nerve damage or this or that, know that you're still changing. You can still use your residual function. And, you know, watching my brother recover from his quadriplegia, you know, he's always going to have a severed spinal cord. It's not like he's going to wake up one day and his muscles suddenly work. But the residual muscles that he has that do work, that are above the level of his injury, over the last uh, maybe 10 or more years, we've seen him learn to use them better. So in the beginning, it was very clumsy and awkward and he had he had 97% loss of function in his body and just like a few shoulder muscles. And now using those few shoulder muscles, he can do so much. He can drive a car. He can feed himself. He can transfer himself from a wheelchair to a car seat on his own. So over time and practice, he's gotten better at using what's what was left behind. Okay, So it's really important that you give yourself that sense of hope and don't rush it. I mean, it might take 10 years for you to learn some tasks, but only two weeks for you to learn other tasks. So be really open-minded to this sense of possibility and realistic thinking. You can't you can't get rid of the damage, but you can work around it and work with it. Another thing to be to think about is use all of your senses. Use your touch system. My God, proprioception through our skin is so important for recovery. Be in your body. Have a physical practice. Have an emotional practice. Use your eyes. Close your eyes and have an eyes closed program. Um, exercises or program use your ears use the sound listen to your environment listen to your body use taste use touch you know make it a really highly sensory stimulating environment so you're not fixated on just one thing so give yourself lots of variety i with my one-on-one clients we have written exercises reading exercises listening exercises you know, videos, emotional exercises, group exercises, solo exercises. There's just an enormous amount of variety and not one person, not two people have the same program. So every single day it's tailored and updated and constantly we're working with what the body needs. So think about using all of your senses and having lots of variety through the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of yourself, your health, and what you need. Keep it surprising. So keep the brain learning. You don't want to be constantly challenged and jumping off cliffs and and doing things that terrify you. But you also don't want to get complacent and have it boring. So you're repeating the same thing every day, you know. It's just like repeat 10 times, go, 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 repeat five times, go, go, go. That's boring and robotic and that is not going to work for neuroplasticity. There has to be an element of surprise and novelty and gentle challenge. So you want to always make sure you have 
either use the Rocksteady program to help you gain that concept of, you know, what's too easy and what's too hard and keep tailoring it using all of the um, demonstration exercises or talk about it with your therapist. You know, if things are getting boring or you don't understand what you're doing or why you're doing it, ask some questions. You have to keep having this element of challenge and learning and intrigue and fascination. So surprise yourself, surprise your brain. Have variability. We've spoken about that. Um, be really careful about becoming complacent and lazy or overly um, feeling like there's a destination and, oh, okay, I've arrived. So often clients will say, well, when I don't have symptoms, I just stop all of my practices. And that's fair enough and there's no judgment there. However, your brain is constantly changing and nothing is predictable or certain. So it's important you're constantly coming back to what sort of person do I want to be today? What are my desired feelings and am I cultivating that today? Or am I kind of falling off, becoming forgetful, not really listening to my body, falling into old patterns of pushing myself and forcing myself and not being particularly kind to myself and therefore kind of potentially triggering old symptom patterns so then we get caught in the loop again. So we have to be really careful we don't fall into this too easy or assuming that everything's going to be okay. And it's a sort of another level of denial in a sense. I think it's very important that we all have a daily practice of self-compassion and self-kindness because you don't need vertigo or tinnitus to practice self-kindness. Like the, the foundations of a neuroplasticity practice are really about being the best version of you and being the best you can each day and supporting yourself through the emotional hardships of life. Every human has grief and sadness and anger and hatred and jealousy and it's not all rainbows and unicorns and we need strategies to keep ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually aligned with our truth. So I think this idea of complacency is quite a big one. Some people say, oh my God, do I need to do these exercises every day of my life forever? And it's like, well, no, of course not. There are no rules and you can choose to do or choose to not do every single day. And that has been some of the biggest learnings my private clients have reported back to me. They've said, you know, I finally understood what it means to have a conscious life and an empowered life and to truly choose what I do and to truly choose what I don't do. And you will navigate for yourself as you get better at this, how that works to benefit you and empower you. And last of all, recognize how far you've come, celebrate your successes and celebrate yourself every day forgive yourself when you muck up and you do things and say oh why did I do that and celebrate yourself for noticing okay that's a pattern that's something I don't want to do anymore that's the old me celebrate noticing that give yourself forgiveness and compassion and it's important that we think about those success neurons and celebration neurons as a muscle that we have to build so it's important we're not overly critical of ourselves, judging ourselves, shaming ourselves, wronging ourselves, treating ourselves as though we're abnormal. You're not abnormal. You're not broken. You are changing. There's a big difference between being in transition, changing, learning and growing and considering yourself as abnormal or wrong. So on that note, I would love to encourage every one of you listening to find one thing today you can celebrate about who you are. And it could just be listening to this podcast or this YouTube video is something you can celebrate yourself for. You're learning, you're growing just by engaging with this material online. 
So for those of you who have already purchased Rocksteady, keep going. Listen to the modules. Use them again and again because you will always be gathering more information about yourself as you go through the modules. And give yourself time and space to be curious and to explore your inner world. There's an infinite amount to learn. If you are listening to this and feeling like you need private therapy, and some more personal one-on-one support. I offer a six-month program which is focused on recovery of vertigo or tinnitus or any of the disconnection and disembodied feelings. It's six months of working with me one-on-one. It's called Beautiful Balance. And if that's the sort of support you feel you need, please apply. I'm very happy to take this journey beside you if that's something you feel you'll benefit from. So I'm Joey Remini, and I'm going to say a bye for now. Visit seekingbalance.com.au. I have loads of free resources if you've just met me and you're new to this. Otherwise, try my seven-day support program, Rocksteady or Beautiful Balance. But I can't encourage you more. Just get started. Back yourself and you don't need to do this alone. So get the tools, supports and resources that you need to get you over the other side. So it's a bye for now.